0: Assalamu alaikum. Hello, I'm Khalil Alika.
1: And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com.
0: So, AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose.
1: And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast
2: hopes to add value. So, welcome and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm Aslam Qasi and you are listening to AccidentalMuslims.com. Assalamu alaikum,
0: Aslam, As-salam. and I'm, I'm really excited and very really honored to have you on the
2: show. It's really an honor and a pleasure for me to also be a guest on your program. zaheer Alhamdulillah. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, Aslam, Aslamu alaikum Khalil.
1: Counselor Aslam as well. Maulana, counselor, many faces Maulana, many brother, many hats, but no hat on the head tonight,
2: no <laughs> Because of all the hat, there's no more hair. Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, welcome. Uh, thank you for
2: honoring our invite. Yes, it's truly a pleasure to, to be in your company and I've uh, listened to a few of your previous um, episodes and absolutely amazing people that you brought on board. Shukran. So let's start. Who is Aslam Qasim? Um, first and foremost, my wife would like to know that I'd say that I'm a husband. So first and foremost, I'm a husband. I'm a father of four, all under eight years old. Um, I've become a public representative. I think it's more of a euphemism for politician. So I've become a public representative. Um, and obviously I prefer the term public representative as opposed to politician because as we know, there's this general Um, perception or this negative perception when it comes to um, politics and politicians
0: and when did the maulana part come in
2: the maulana part um, after six years of completing a course at a darul uloom that's usually the term which is bestowed upon your graduation so that's where i received that term um, so six years studying Islam, studying Islamic sciences, the ulums, the various uh, disciplines within within the Islamic studies field, and um, that's six years of studying.
0: So what is the uh, what is the difference between Imam, Sheikh, Maulana, Mufti? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, well, that's a question that that every now and then it pops up. It's merely in terms of uh, the place that you studied. You would be a maulana, you studied at the traditional Darul Uloom, which would be your um, institute of learning that originated in the um, Pakistan, India um, countries. Uh, So that's where that school originated. But obviously all those schools emanating from the predecessors, which came out of the Arabian Peninsula, and obviously linking to the founder of that knowledge, uh, being Rasulullah oh. sallallahu alayhi oh, wa S- 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 um, by means of the Quran. So that's the origin. And then obviously also that um, when you hear someone being referred to as a sheikh, it would be someone that studied in the Arab countries. That would be the, the difference between. So when you hear sheikh or you hear maulana, it refers mainly to the places or the origin of, of studying. And generally the term imam would be used for the leader of the masjid. And um that is what what we understand in in our communities the difference between the three um occasion you'll hear a student that comes from an institute. you'll generally call someone out of respect. you would say, you know sheikh, you'll just call the person sheikh as a as a term of of respect, so to say um but that's the difference basically Molina, India. Pakistan, or in one of the local in your country, and then Sheikh, in an Arab country, an Imam, you're just someone that, uh, not just someone, but you're the person Mm. that leads uh, proceedings within the masjid environment. Um,
1: Moulin, tell me, um, six years, when did it start? Straight after school, traditional public school, or how how did it work? No,
2: no, I completed school, I completed my matric, um, not too far in Salt River, and after that, uh, being a teenager, um, I did not want to go study immediately. Um, I think my mother kind of, I was coerced, more to an extent, forced into making a decision and I had to go to UWC. went to UWC and while being at UWC, um, everything, the, the situation, the circumstances which I found myself in, everything led me to to Islam. It was more of a discovery. And that's where I had that epiphany moment, you know, that mind, that life-changing moment, and I decided that I should go study deen. I should do that. My first uh, Ijtima, which I attended, um, I had an, an experience which left me in tears. It's as if though I heard for the first time about the... The life of Rasulullah oh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and even though obviously you sit in masjid, you go to madrasa, and all these things as a young person, but that one moment sitting in that Saturday morning, morning at that ijtima, something within me I had is a, it's as if though I heard something new, even though it's not something new, and listening to the sacrifices and what the prophet had to endure. Um, it left me in tears, and at that moment I decided, you know, this is it. I need to go study. I need to know my Islam. I need to know my deen. I was quite politically conscious at university. I was, uh, I was a member of Azapo during those days. And, you know, Azapo, the ideology is black consciousness and Steve Biko and, um, you know, against anything that resembles Western ideology – and uh, so I had my rooting there within politics. And um, whenever I came across people, because you'd mix with this cosmopolitan university at that time, UWC, and many people, when they hear your name, they'd ask you, you know, uh, they'd ask you about Islam. It's also just a period, the 9-11 period. So Islam got all this coverage. So everyone wanted to know about Islam. And I would be approached and asked about, you know, you guys, you are terrorists, you are this, you are that. And I needed answers. And I remember at that time I went to Professor Yasin Muhammad, who served in the um, Foreign Language and Islamic Studies um, faculty. And I went to go do some research with him, and that led me to going to going to uh, being interested in more research. And at my masjid at that time, um, I came to see that there's a group of, in the, during the evening, there's a group that would congregate in a corner of the masjid and they would read from a particular book. And I would go there and I would sit by them and listen to, you know, their reading. And uh, then it came up that they're going to be going to this Ichtima And I decided to join them. Only after some time I, I learned that they are called the tablighis <laughs> in the masjid. I never knew at that time. <laughs> only afterwards. And... Um, yeah, I came back from that experience and I decided that um, I need to go study. Went to go stay in the middle of a bush with no water, no electricity. Um, the madrasa was just forming. So we never had any of those, you know, the infrastructure. And um, we started out our class, we were over 30, 40 of us. After our sixth year, we were not even 10 of us that graduated, about six or seven of that original class that graduated after that uh, six years so to me that's that's one of those achievements that i i i'm very grateful for that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, chosen me you know that irrespective of the circumstances the conditions
1: so mollana sorry to interject which Dara'ulun did you end up? Which push was this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not too far. Okay. Not too far. Just before you go over the mountains the Pass. Okay. Uh, Malata Karan. Okay. I studied under mm. Malata Karan, his institute. Uh, Malata currently serves as the Mufti for the MJC. Not too long ago, I was one of the only ones that went to university. and uh, but, but now, alhamdulillah, many of our graduates and our students, they are... Qualified chartered accountants, there are medical doctors, there are attorneys. Um, the madrasa in the, this day they have they have so many graduates. That's not only Odama, but they have also pursued academics as well. Whereas in my day it was, um, you know, guys that had matric. Some guys don't even have matric. So this this growth within the uh, studies within din. It's. Uh, it hasn't been ca- become restricted to naughty guys. You know, in the past, <laughs> everyone would say, yeah. you know, he was probably naughty, and they sent him away to go study. And um, so that perception is slowly beginning to fade away. Yeah. That uh, idea and that notion that pre- people previously had about students of Dino, Alhamdulillah. I'm very glad for that.
1: Well, you mentioned that you guys started with a class of thirty to forty, and mm-hmm. was still down to about ten. Yeah. Maybe take us through, one, a typical day at the yeah. Darululu. Yeah. And two, what's the challenges? Why would so many people fall by the wayside? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it challenging to, to stick uh, for that six years? You,
2: you know, many of us, we, we have uh, we don't realize the luxury that we live in. For me, coming home and opening a tap, that was something phenomenal. Coming home and opening a tap with clean running water. Because what we did, we used um, boa water and we needed to wash with boa water. So when you come home and you feel that lovely, clean, crystal, pure, soft water running over your body, mm. even that is something that is so something to be so grateful for. Um, we needed to get water they brought out of strand, out of other places they would bring water for us and that would be our drinking water. One One point of interest would be that um, just for the food, just to give you a... Uh, I think if if you would be in a coma and uh, someone feed you perhaps beans, you'd know, okay, it's Tuesday today. Without them telling you the date, the time, because that was the regiment of our You know, Monday it's tall. Tuesday is beans. Wednesday spaghetti. Friday it's some gray thing that looks like acne. <laughs> so... But alhamdulillah, we we have to commend the people that, you know, that helped the madrasa Mm. for the courage of Onata and and his teaching staff, compliment, that they kept on, they kept on, you know, that resilience. It's truly admirable, the resilience that they had to keeping the school going and going. And um, I think many times the luxury, uh, people weren't um, the hard life. People didn't want to live in, in, in a hard life. Also, it requires um, learning something new. It's, it takes a uh, lots of courage and lots of faith, and you need to be steadfast. I'm not saying I had all those, you know, admirable attributes, but I persevered. I just continued because the goal was that, you know, you want to become closer to Allah, you want to become a better person. And becoming a better person is, you need to address the nucleus of you as a person, which is your spirituality.
1: Well, then, uh, before we move away from this uh, aspect, you said you had an epiphany, and you mentioned that there was something about the life of the Prophet Wasallam that inspired you to to change that direction or to take this direction. Any, was it anything specific, or was it just the general life of the Prophet Wasallam?
2: You know, when I listened, there was being uh, spoken... The, the speaker articulated, and he spoke very in depthly about the sacrifices of the Prophet And when I look at life, it is always characterized by sacrifices. Whatever you do, whatever you want to achieve, there's always some obstacle or some hurdle that you need to, you know, overcome or transcend. And this was the the life of the Prophet Wasallam he had to overcome so many odds and so many challenges and difficulties. But he persisted and he persisted, he persevered, and he had this great, uh, I mean, his resilience was on another level. Alhamdulillah. And in today's life, in today's time, that is what many of us need. That's what the youth need. Sometimes a a mere opinion brings them down and they don't want to carry on. But this is... Life. You're going to have those things thrown at you. You're going to have many a times people are not going to believe in you, people are not going to have faith in you, people are not going to trust you. But you need to persevere. Molina,
0: how did you move from Maulana, council or
2: public mm-hmm. representative? Becoming a public rep was a dream and an ambition and a passion of mine since the age of 13 years old. How I chose the party. Uh, That's another (laughs) other (laughs) story. Was it purely accidental? I think accidental. um, Becoming a moulin, was accidental. (laughs) If you see the processes, uh, getting into the party as well. Um, For me, most importantly is that if it's not Qur'an, if it's not Sunnah, then it is man-made, and with it being man-made, hence it will not be, um, rather it won't be infallible. So it will have shortcomings. So whatever system there is in place is always shortcomings because it's based upon theory and theory is something which is always open up for criticism. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're going to exploit, you're going to exploit the shortcoming or you're going to um, hyperbolize the positivity within it, make it enhance the positivity within it. So it's it's that choice. Mm -hmm. I I can, you know, elaborate further on that, but... Mm -hmm. We we'll won't get into the party. You might think I'm promoting the party, so no. I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
1: well, it is a show of your, of your story, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, it's interesting how this development one led to another, mm-hmm. yeah. and it tied into your original story of when you were 13 years old. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Allah takes you on these paths, and yeah. I don't think it's an accident. It just uh, I, I works out. I could up.
2: never have imagined even being selected to represent the party. Um, our constituency leader, uh, our MP, uh, member of parliament, that served as the leader for our area, um, he was. Uh, we had an event. The mayor, the mayor Patricia de she was at my home along with our constituency head, and he and I had a few guests, a few senior people, and some other people. And he told the guests that I competed, or sixteen other candidates competed with me for that post. To serve within our for our ward within the party, with 16 other candidates who also served for that post, and it so turns out that I was selected for the post. So it's a very stringent selection process. You are writing tests. You had to write several tests. You had to do a course. You had to on the you had to go through a course. Uh, you had to go through interviews. The final interview you had to be interviewed by. Approximately a panel of 15, which serves in various executive positions on the party. You had to do an on-the-off-the-cuff 10-minute speech, and thereafter you were to give. Uh, you were asked several or 12 questions for three minutes each, and each one asked you a question. So there was a whole process leading up to your election, merely to have your poster on that signboard. So many of the critics would say, yeah, they chose you because, you know, you, you, uh, Muslim, So, you know, they need to, for the purposes of, you know, color and race and religion and all these things. But I can tell you, it was a very vigorous process, um, to get to, to that position.
1: How long was that process?
2: That process was approximately a year. Sure. In, in running. And, um, in fact, how I joined the party was also very strange. I went to attend a meeting. I went up into Menenberg with the intention of going to Menenberg to someone. And I saw that people were standing outside and they were wearing party T-shirts, and I went inside, and they were hosting the AGM. And I walked in, um, sat down, and... Uh, just because I'm very I'm, I'm very uh, adventurous I like I like to you know um, try different things and, and and find out different stuff so I, I walked in there and I happened to find myself in an AGM and it was a bit of drama before the AGM started but anyway after that sitting in the AGM and I came to a point where they s- were selecting positions and uh, I sat in front and I asked a question or two and uh, you know Became very uh, vocal, and then they said, uh, You, would you, can we, pro- can we uh, nominate, nominate you. you as secretary? I said, Sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> nominate me. Really? And one thing led to yeah. other, they elect me secretary. Uh, they elect me on the constituency as the treasurer, which is the higher. You have the branch and you have the constituency yeah. elected as a treasurer. And higher than that, they elect you as a, a delegate to the Metro which means when you're a delegate, it's a very important position within the party because now you have a right to vote. You have a right to vote when it comes to policies and all these things. So within a span of a few months, I get elected into three executive posts within the party. Sure. And um, I thought to myself, this: uh, I need to pursue it. For, I need to see how far I can go. And uh, initially the, 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 the list comes out and it says, you know, would you like to run as a ward counsellor? And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what's a ward counsellor? What do a counsellor do? And I never knew anything about it, so when they told me, you know, we want to run as a... I said, no, I'm not, I I don't want to run as a counsellor. So there was a sigh of relief from some, because uh, obviously they were after the, the post, but there was some relief. And then sometime after that, someone again approached me and told me, you know, don't you want to? And I did some research, found out what it is. I told my wife, this would be interesting, it's a nice challenge. Um, I'm feeling a bit bored anyway, so you know, let me let me take on this challenge. And I love challenges. I, I don't like to I don't like anything to get the better of me. So I'm going to pursue this challenge, and I pursued it. And uh, it just so happened that while being at school one day and teaching, here yeah, the call comes and says, "Aslam, congratulations! You've been elected to represent the party for 46." Amazing. Yeah.
0: So I think it teaches the listeners and, and myself something that you need to grab opportunities you and, to. And, and you didn't you didn't procrastinate like some of mm-hmm. us do,
2: and you, you just grabbed it and you know take those opportunities you, you you have to uh sometimes you want things to come our way, but you need to create what you want it's not going to fall in your lap. Success and um achievement it doesn't fall into your lap by accident. You need to go and you need to grab it and want it. And that's how you get it.
0: Mona, I've been following you quite a, quite a lot on social media, especially on Facebook. And I've noticed how what I admired a lot about you, and, st- and I still admire you, is that the way you handled criticism <laughs> on social media, online. So mm. do, do you have some tips for us um. in terms of handling, you know, handling the critics... Mm. Yeah, especially now that you you know in the public eye. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes,
2: yes. When it comes to criticism, eh? um, obviously uh, when you look at criticism, it's if if you you know if you analyze criticism, it's it's an act of of disapproval. In essence, it's disapproving of someone or something, or classifying someone or something for some reason or the other, or you're looking at false So, as I mentioned, I grew up in. Mitchell's plan, partially my, my youth, uh, I grew up there. And growing up there, if you're out at night, you will find that police are going to search you. And that creates a different psyche within a youngster. For me, when I, when I received that type of treatment, I thought to myself, "Whoa, look what these people. Look what, look, what are these people thinking about me? Who am I?" So though that's the type of uh psyche that a child that's growing up in a township it inadvertently it's teaching him that, you know, don't have not self-respect but your self esteem. But it hits at your self esteem, at your at who you are, at your pride, at your integrity. And it dampens your self confidence within you. So all those experiences that I had, you know, I was um, you love the uh, people. Just when you go to another area, you go to school, they assume because you live in that side of Mitchell's Plain, you are affiliated to some gang. That's what happened. So, if you look at police, how they treated us. If you look at, you know, how other people treated you. If you walked into another area, um, I mean, I our already You will never be able to speak in front of people. You'll never be able to speak on a platform. Even when it was time for me to get married, also I was like, "No, those people are not good for you, good enough for you." Get married, yeah, in, in Mitchell's plane, you know all these poor girls and, and this whole concept of the, the whole mind mindset. Mindset. So for me, that all prepared me for for this. Throughout my youth, throughout my years, I was told you're not good enough, you're not clever enough. You're not handsome enough. You're not, you, know, you don't have the qualities to achieve. You don't have the qualities to excel. Nothing, will, nothing much will amount of you. So growing up in that, it always made me think that I will show you. You think I'm not good enough? I'll show you. You think I'm stupid? I will show you that I get the a for maths. You think I'm not good enough? I will show you I'll take physics as a subject. You think I'm not good enough, you will see, I'll go to university. So, not to prove to others, but to show that, you know, your opinions about me will not shape my destiny and who I become. Something
1: which I have been enjoying is the way you've been interacting with the community mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the projects that you've been doing and the your your, your responsibilities as ward councillor particularly. Um, what has been your greatest challenge as a wood councillor mm. thus far? Yeah. And, 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 and what, why, why is that such a challenge?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, if I look at the challenges that, we, that, we, that, that, that I have received, it's changing the perceptions of our community, changing the perceptions of our people and, and deconstructing the, the negative notions, when it, especially when it comes to politicians. You know, before politics, I could, as an imam, And um, being at the masjid as well, I could seek the assistance of our congregants, of our jama'ah, for a project. And I could go in and I could do the project, I could do the soup, I could do the food, uh, I could help with, you know, constructing a toilet at a facility or do whatever, and people would applaud it. Um, But when I became a public rep, when you feed someone or you do something, there's always like, you know, he has an agenda. Yes, yeah, some trick why he's giving this to us. So, someone, who, you know, that assumption that there's always some latent agenda that you that you're coming with. But my 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 this maxim or this uh, this principle that I live by, I know it's an oft quoted statement, but I believe that action does speak louder than words.
1: What has been the most fulfilling thing you've done thus far, or mm. something that's brought you great contentment through your work? whether it's Molina, ward counsellor, mm. whatever title, father, son?
2: I think the the, the greatest joy and the uh, pleasure is not that you're an egotistical person, but just that someone tells you thank you or they say shukran. Uh, I had a day like that on uh, the past Monday. I, I, I had something like that, that from the morning I had several calls. From people all saying, you know, for this and that, Shukran. For this and that, thank you. We the person called me and I had this trepidation and I was thinking, Oh, oh yeah, what is this again? What's this complaint? And then it was a you know, Shukran that really helped. Well okay. thank you, this so for that it's um, we human we want to we want people also to acknowledge you know, what, what we are doing and, and how we are assisting and how we are helping. And when that comes from people who you hold dear, your family, your friends, people you who you who hold whom you hold in high regard, and they say thank you and they appreciate it, then it becomes really something that motivates you in turn.
0: Monona, how do you describe yourself in three words?
2: I hope that what I say is right. Not right as in politically correct, but... As in the right, as um, I firmly believe this, that the three words, a slave of Allah. That's what I want to be. That's what I want to strive towards, is being a slave of Allah. You mentioned public speaking.
0: Hmm. And, and, you know, I've, I've, I go to the, the same masjid at, Moulin, um, yeah. at the at Canal Walk Masjid. So, you you extremely eloquent. You you speak at the, the, the massages, you speak at, at schools, mm. even at um, other public forums. Obviously, it comes with practice. Yeah. But how did you get, gain that experience besides obviously doing it often? Mm. You know what I, I did?
2: I was in my fifth year, and um, I was still telling myself that, you know. One of the things I told myself, I'm never going to become an imam. I'm never going to become a teacher. You know that I told myself I'm never ever going to become an imam, I, neither a teacher, and I became both. But besides that, I told myself, okay, I studied deen, but um, I'm going to pursue business or something in that field. Man, I, I got my. I will, in I will individually maybe see to couples. You know, couple counseling or things like that. But I'm not going to stand on a platform in front of a mihrab and conduct a uh, a speech or a sermon to a congregation. I'm not going to do that. And um, because these were the opinions of people, and if you allow it to, to shape you and to, to get to you, then you want to act out what they say you are. You want to live by what people say you are. And I decided my fifth year, no, 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 I'm not going to do that, so I sat at home and I'd open up a book of hadith or a book of uh, you know of the of of the sciences and I'd sit alone in the room and I'd read out the hadith loudly and I'd give some shark, some commentary on the hadith all alone in the room and my mom was still alive at that time, and she'd open up the door and ask them, what's happening with who you' talking and so No, i'm I'm just practicing because I want to, I want to start speaking and conveying what I have learned. I want to speak and convey those to others as well. And um, that's how I started. I would sit alone and read to myself. Um, I, I love when I'm invited to a masjid or these days when you come to an event as a counselor as well. You're asked to say words, and and, and I absolutely find it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I had the honor of speaking to um, recovering addicts, drug addicts, sitting with them and speaking to them. And uh, always, my 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 theme would always be, you know, upliftment, positivity, attitude, the importance of those uplifting ourselves.
1: Well, you mentioned earlier uh, in the discussion, Professor Yasin uh, yeah. and yes. Nolnat uh, Kiran. Were they mentors to you? Do you value mentorship, mm-hmm. and and what's the importance of mentorship if you do?
2: These were tremendous people in my in my journey of uh, you know discovering myself and, and, and moving forward. But what I do when it comes to when it comes specifically when it comes to mentors, I've adopted a a different approach with mentors. It's not one person. Um, most importantly, obviously, our Prophet so, salam, so. and his, his life the teachings. Um, but another thing that I absolutely love, I'm, I'm absolutely enamored by the stories of seniors, of elderly people. I love listening to their stories. I love listening to their days, how they grew up, and what they did in our situation. Um, and um, because things don't really change. Perhaps technology came about in, but the challenges are the same the challenges are similar uh, my latest mentor happened to be an elderly lady elderly Christian lady that's a cleaner at the city of Cape Town so occasionally cool. I have a moment. I sit with her and she absolutely inspires me when I listen to her um, she encourages me she would um, advise me and I find that Totally um, uplifting to me as an individual. I mean, no one would think that, you know, I'm sitting with an elderly Christian lady that's a cleaner, and I find so much motivation within her. So at any given time, whatever space I'm in, I try to find a a a, a, a support and a mentor there. I think what has kept me always, what has always motivated me, is that. My ideas to remain always teachable. So I'm always open to new ideas. I'm always willing to learn from anyone who has something to to offer me. I know this is a very unfair question. What is
0: your favorite Quranic verse or story?
2: Ah, my favorite Quranic verse a a verse that, that, that's become quite close to me, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Rahim. Wasa and شَيْئًا this is in verse. This is in the second Jews. It is verse two hundred and sixteen. I think it's verse two hundred and sixteen. I'm not mistaken. But it's it goes Bismillah <laughs> ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Asa'an takrau shay'a, wahuwa khairul lakum. Wa asa'an tuhibb shay'a, wahuwa sharrul lakum. Wallahu yalamu wa antum la tahlamu. That perhaps something is uh, you dislike it but while there is so much good in it for you. And perhaps there are times that you, you love something, while there are vice within it for you, this wrong, you know, it's not going to be right for you to be doing it or for, or for you to be receiving it. Then the verse ends off, wallahu Ya'lamu, Allah knows best. Waantum La Ta'lamun. While you, you do not know. So this verse, uh, I think it speaks to youth as well. Why I speak to youth is that sometimes as a youngster, you're telling yourself, and when I look at my formation and my years growing up, um, there were times that I didn't want to do something, like going to university. I I wanted to be young, I wanted to enjoy things, or that idea of enjoyment. And my mom was, no, you must go to university, go study. And I didn't want to do it. So that was something that I didn't want to do, but there was goodness in it for me. So many a times as youth as well, you tell yourself, you know, my parents are out of touch. They don't know what is, you know, they're they, you know, they, they want to live in the past. They don't know what is good and what is I know, what I want. And, you know, as a youth, you're the most cleverest person. No one is cleverer than you when you are young. You're the most wise, you're the most intelligent. And, um, but the advice that is given to you by your parents it is advice that at the end, it's going to benefit you tremendously in your life. So that's just an example of the verse and, and how it has, the, the ramifications that it had on my life. Um, I'm sure many of us can speak about events and, and happenings in our life that at that moment we told ourselves, you know, Yo, what calamity is this that has overcome, mm. that, that I have to go through. But then later on you can find that, you know, if that... Perceived calamity If I did not endure That perceived calamity I wouldn't be in this Favorable condition Which I'm in at this time And then times, You tell yourself You know If only a father said Yes I can get married to her mm. You know And you had sleepless nights Because you wanted To get married to her And you didn't But today you married To someone else And I'm thinking Yo, Alhamdulillah You get this wonderful Model that Allah has given me You know This wonderful mother that's a great mother to my children and she's you know all this I'm not saying it's me eh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just making an example
0: (laughs) they say we 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 overestimate what we can achieve in a year and we underestimate what we can achieve in 10 years if you look back at your past 10 years um, do you think you achieved
2: success and what is success Mm -hmm. for you I think it's ongoing, it's not a destination that that one reaches. You don't get there and you say, you know, I'm here now. It's knowing, for me, the success. It's knowing your purpose in life. If a person can achieve that, knowing why I'm here, knowing why Allah has created me. And obviously that's a process. It's growing and reaching your, your potential. That is the process of success. And when it comes to youngsters, especially knowing your, knowing your purpose, sometimes you won't find it immediately. Sometimes it will take time to get there. But you need to constantly work on it. You need to look at your strength, strength zones, so to say. Um, you shouldn't be discouraged by uncertainty. Uh, you know, especially with youth, you, you don't know as a youngster where your strengths lie. You don't find it immediately. You're not going to find your strengths perhaps when you finish with grade 12. It doesn't mean you're going to now know what your strengths or you are being asked in grade 10. You know what you want to become one day. If you don't know your strengths as yet, it's not an accident. Exil- it's not a, a failure on your part. You need to work on discovering your strengths and um, where your strengths lie. Uh, so, you shouldn't become discouraged. Be patient, keep on working on it, work in your strength zone. Once you, you know your strengths, work in that zone, stay in that zone. What you're good at, stay at what you're good at, and work at what you're good at. You then, the more successful you will become. What are you most grateful for today? Besides being on your podcast. <laughs> Besides being an <laughs> <accidental laughs> <stress>? you <didn't>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I think um, first and foremost that I still have my health. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm so grateful for that. Um, obviously my family, my loved ones, my children, and also that I can have this degree of, I wouldn't say I'm the perfect Muslim, but that I can still have this um, certain degree or level of of remembrance of Allah in everything that I do and um, also constantly that I can still turn to Allah and ask Allah for forgiveness for, for my shortcomings and still be there and carrying out our ibadah it, it's something that I'm truly grateful for because there are many people who don't look at the value and appreciate what we have in the form of our you know, the simple things that we have I mean when I was in madrasa and coming home from madrasa and having access to a running tap. Things like this. I mean, it's the simple things that, that brings us absolutely pleasure and, and thankfulness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
1: Three people, historical figures you can invite to dinner.
2: Three historical people. Mm. And why? The Prophet <laughs> sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahu akbar. I'll be absolutely, that would be an experience mm-hmm. listening yeah, to all of We have dinner with him in Jannah, inshallah. Allah. Ameen. Ameen. May Allah Um, some other individuals I would like to um, Gandhi as well quite interesting I would like to see this whole passive resistance Mm. uh, that he espoused and that he lived by that was quite interesting Um, and obviously I mean what he attained and what he achieved with that then also some other individuals um, just to be a a uh, People like Nelson Mandela as well, also a person that lived quite a legacy. I think there's, there's much more individuals, but I would say for now, those three. Mm-hmm. Perhaps if I can get that, that dinner, I uh, can make a call and, and for maybe have them for Monday night and Tuesday have someone else. But uh, I think those three individuals for, for now.
1: Don't forget to invite us eh? <laughs> <laughs> We'll come record it and <laughs> make a podcast out of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it's your last day mm. in this in this world you're going to die and you only have enough energy to say a few words mm. what would you say to your family and friends and people mm. around you?
2: I'll end off with the most Eloquent and beautiful and most inspiring words of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. May Allah grant me that okay. as well. Okay. That I'll be able to do so. Well, okay. But very few and simple words from our beloved Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Wouldn't say. Wouldn't want to use the word simple for the Prophet of Allah. But the words that I would mention would be "Khayrukum anfaulinas." The best of you are those who serve others. And I think that is what I would want my children and those who know me that see the importance of serving others that should be most important in our lives and that's how we will leave a legacy sure. which is most important well, I want to thank you
0: for your, your time and, and coming through I know you, you're a very extremely busy person yeah. and we really appreciate your, your work at the, the JK at Canal Walk as a teacher to Molina, as, a, as a public representative we really appreciate it
2: Shukran very much. May Allah also grant you to continue with what you do, you know, taking time out. You're taking time out of from your family's time at this time. So to bring the stories of others so that many more can listen to these stories. So you are the conduit of positivity being spread to the, to the rest of the world. Allah grant you all the strength and the blessings to continue with what you're doing and also protect your families. And also to grant him the understanding of what you're doing. You know, we need the bind from our families. So, shukran very much. Assalamu warahmatullahi wa I'm Aslam Qasim and you are listening to Accidental Muslims.com. You can say it again. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa I'm Aslam Qasim and you are watching. You're watching. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like oh my. Am I so
2: oh. nervous? Oh goodness. I'm like new to this.
1: <laughs> So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose. Please uh, do contact us.
0: And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be with you. My name is Zayn Beaker from South Africa. Our world knows too much pain, too much hatred, and too much suffering. And our condition will never change until we change what's within ourselves. So let's spark that change. First we need
3: the love. Utando utando Marsi notando. tando. What we need is love Utano Utando As we sing across the sea of life so much pain warring divides it's a shame we don't see how it can I am in the birds, I am in the trees, from the brown branches to the green leaves. I'm colorful, spectrum infinite. I touch all indiscriminate. Breathe, compassion, and sentiment. Limitless in my power to heal the hearts of men. But they're so forgetful. That's why we mine on the instrumentals. Just like he's a trial. Can never let the test affect your smile. Reach for your brother, go the extra mile. Kiss for your mother, hug your sister. Let your wife know that you miss her. Know that you can never give up. When you fall to the floor, I'm the reason you must get up. Love, I'm a blessing from God. So Why you don't use me more, it's so odd. You need love, we need love. Love is all we need. Love is all we need. All we need is love.